What's good, everybody, and welcome to an episode of the Amitelica TIS podcast with your host, yours truly, Jai Shields, here on this final day of the month of June, June 30th, the year 2022. Lots to do, lots to talk about here on this show. You got Kevin Durant requesting a trade. Now that Kyrie Irving looks like he's uh, all in with the Brooklyn Nets. We'll get into that. Uh, here at the top, I will sound off on his Freddie Freeman mess and him and the ex-girlfriend syndrome of wanting to be back. And oh my goodness gracious, what a mistake. I mean, I'll sound off on him and that entire situation coming up in just a little bit. I will. Uh, I told you I had some NFL things I wanted to address the last on uh, last Wednesday that I will address uh, here on the show. And you got USC and UCLA joint, uh, joining the Big Ten come 2024, which I will give you my opinions on as well. No episode. Uh, apologies over the weekend. Uh, yours truly was jam-packed, busy. 50th anniversary uh, get-together I had to go to and vow renewal for my grandparents on Saturday took on the majority of the day and then Sunday I got up at 4 a.m. to go with my mother and take my sister down to uh, to uh, Virginia Tech which is a beautiful 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 campus right in the middle of nowheresville in uh, Blacksburg Virginia but it is a beautiful campus and a nice school for their uh, black for their I think it was black Collegiate Institute uh, camp program thing that they have uh, so why so I didn't get back until late on a Sunday which is why yours truly was not on but it gave you a, a ample enough time of eight days for you to listen to and if you haven't there still is time those episodes don't go anywhere for you guys to uh, for you guys to listen to the spot I did with um with uh, Christopher Mad Dog Russo's eldest son uh, Timmy Russo in the podcast that I did with him on uh, in the podcast that I did with him on um, on uh, with uh, on uh, Wednesday, so which which I am proud of, and I hope you guys take the time to listen to it. But where we will begin is with the NBA and the news of this Thursday, and that is Kevin Durant uh, request making it known to the Brooklyn Nets organization after months of the offseason had came and went and had gone by with uh without Kevin Durant making any have not having any conversation or any um any um discourse with the Brooklyn Nets organization that's Sean March GM ownership you you know you name it without having any contact with the Brooklyn Nets organization he uh, gets back to the Nets uh, sometime within the last 24 hours or so. At least that was made known to us, uh, the, the us uh, fans, that he wanted a uh, that he want requesting that he be traded. And this is after in the aftermath earlier this week, where Kyrie Irving realized that uh, that he did not have any leverage of you know trying to uh, squeeze out a max contract from any. 
uh, outside any outside team outside of the Brooklyn Nets or for the Nets in general when he realized that he, that he has not that you can count on you can count on uh, you can you can count without having to use more than two sets of hands of how many uh, games that Kyrie Irving and Kevin Durant have played on a consistent basis over the last couple of seasons. Um, so he sees the writing on the wall and says, you know what, you know, it's not like that I'm getting paid league minimum. Uh, you know, Nike said goodnight with my, uh, with, with their shoe deal with me. Uh, I rarely play, you know, whether it's because I don't feel like it, you know, birthday parties, uh, with his, with his sister, uh, taken off January 6th because of January 6th, the vaccine fiasco, he decides, you know what, why, you know, I really do not have I do not have an element of leverage in this situation. Not to mention, I was one of the reasons why we got bounced and swept, let uh, swept, let alone bounced by the uh, by the Boston Celtics in the opening round. My old team, so I might as well bite the bullet and come back, have a normal off season, not have to worry about COVID restrictions, all that sort of foolishness. And he comes back. Kevin Durant, few day Kevin Durant, few days later, come you know says, you know what. To hell with it! I want out. Um, uh, and and it looks like that he uh, is announcing that he or made it known to Nets that he wants to trade. Uh, there's a couple of that. There's a couple of uh, aspects to this that I want to say. First off, Kevin Durant, to his credit, to his credit, Kevin Durant, to his credit, does not openly come out and necessarily bash the teammates that he doesn't gel with. When he jumped ship and left Westbrook out to dry in Oklahoma State, as much as we hated, hated the fact that Durant left Westbrook left the Thunder for a team that kicked his ass in the conference finals when he blew a three-one lead. As much as as much as we hate it and hate hate it and hated it at the time, six years ago, hard to believe. He did not come out. At least what I can remember, he did not come out openly and say, "Yeah, I I can't play with Russell Westbrook. Russell Westbrook's a bum." Or you didn't hear any words or get any air of him bashing him to the media. Whether it's to the media, via his Twitter page. You don't get that from Kevin Durant. Which, there's a lot of things about Kevin Durant I like and respect. And there's a lot of things about him that I don't like and I don't respect. That's one of them. That he does not air his dirty laundry, the bad blood, the the bad blood, the, 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 the dirty, juicy... Locker room gossip and secrets. He keeps that within the four walls of the locker room. He can, whatever you know, group text messages, private text messages. He all he keeps it in house, which you like. Whatever dirty laundry, whatever beef he had with Westbrook, and now the disagreements and the the disagreements that he had with Kyrie Irving. He 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 kept it in house. He had a problem with them, but he didn't go out and air out the team's dirty laundry to the public and make it a huge deal and make it a huge thing, which I respect and like about him. He kept the issues and he kept the problems that he had with Kyrie internal. 
which you got to admire about a player like Kevin Durant, who has as much influence, who has as much influence in the NBA as far as say so and putting together to, as as LeBron James, Giannis, Kyrie Irving. You can call the role. Those those are the three off the top of my head. Outside of Durant, it's Giannis, LeBron, Curry. Because no other NBA superstar that's an NBA champion has that pedigree and cachet where they can say something out of the clear blue sky and the organization says how high. They say jump. The organization, the people around, the people that work for them say how high. KD, Giannis, LeBron, Curry. That is it. But he didn't, and many a times, you know, when he, many a times this season, last season, he could he could have kicked and screamed. He could have said, you know what, this guy's a bad teammate, X, Y, and Z. Tweet a huge firestorm and set the internet on fire. Could have did all of that. Chose not to, kept an internal, which I like. But Kevin Durant never will say this, never will come out and say it, will never in a book interview he'll never say it but he knows deep down inside that for every either media person or or NBA fan slash critic on Twitter Reddit Facebook Instagram wherever they know that when they critique Russell Westbrook and Kyrie Irving as far as the level of you can't win championships with them and how they t- and how they can be tough to play with, I guarantee you, hand on heart, Kevin Durant deep not not deep down inside, but within him, never come out and say it. But he knows that the fans in the, in the media are like that 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 share those same that share those opinions specifically with Kyrie Irving, not KD, but with Kyrie Irving and with Westbrook back in the day. He knows deep down that they're right. He knows that you can't win championships with those guys. He knows that there's an element to not there. With Westbrook, it's his game. With Kyrie Irving, it's his personality that's toxic as hell. It can't the way Russell Westbrook plays the game. You can't win with it with him. And uh, and Kyrie Irving is personality. You, you you can't mesh and you can't win championships and be a cohesive unit. With 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 the two in the same sentence, with the two on the same team, it, it they don't coexist. And what do we know? What we've always known: Kyrie Irving, whether you like it or not, whether I don't, whether Kyrie Irving wants to admit it, like it or not, he is toxic. He is poison. The old Bel Biv DeVoe song. Da, 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 Poison, 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 he's poison, he's talented, yes, when he's, when he plays and he puts his mind to it, he's one of the best Point guards and best players in the National Basketball Association, all fair, all accurate, all truths. But you cannot ignore the backside. You cannot ignore the other, the, the 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 opposite side of the coin, and you cannot ignore the cons of having Kyrie Irving on your team. 
is that he can disrupt, break up, ruin, tank, poison a locker room. We saw what what did Kyrie Irving win in Cleveland before LeBron before LeBron came back? What did they win in Cleveland? You guys remember how much a how much of a mess the Boston Celtics were when he was on the team when he was when he was the man in charge. Al Horford said, "Get me the hell up out of here." Kyrie Irving bounces to the Nets. All of a sudden, Al Horford back with the Celtics like he never left. Celtics couldn't win a damn thing with Kyrie Irving. A couple seasons after he leaves, they beat Kyrie. They sweep him to win the Eastern Conference Finals. I mean, this isn't rocket science, guys. It's not rocket science. You cannot... Unless LeBron is on the team, because LeBron's the ultimate equalizer, LeBron's the only player to carry Irving's one championship, you cannot win a championship with Kyrie Irving. Maybe not if he's on your team, but you damn sure can't win one when he is the de facto captain or the de facto man in charge. He was the one that organized. He was the one that wanted to go to Brooklyn. He was the one that wanted Kevin Durant to join him. So, in essence, the captain was the one that drew up the navigation plan. But when it came time to actually being the captain of the ship and being the head man behind the steering wheel driving the ship or driving the bus, if we want to go back to that example. Irving was nowhere to be found. If it was the ship, he was hanging out. He was hanging up in the balcony. He was in. The, he was on the. He was all the way in the back of the, back of the ship. He was everywhere where where he was supposed to be. But be the be the captain, be the be the head guy, be the bus driver at the front of the bus or at, or in the front of the ship. And he was the one that came up with the idea of putting this little team together. With he and KD being one A one B, and he didn't hold up his his end of the bargain. One at Harden. Harden came, got sick of Kyrie's crap, and bounced. Kevin Durant jumped. You know, said, "You know what? I've won my championships with Golden State. I've had enough." Tries to find a new team, start his own little legacy. Joins Kyrie with with the Nets. Does not want a damn thing. Yes, they were injured to Helen back against against uh, against Milwaukee last year, and it was the Kevin Durant show and came within an eyelash and winning that series against Milwaukee. But it got swept this year. I mean, what what was when it's all said and done, the legacy, the short lived the legacy and the short lived tenure of the Katie Kyrie Brooklyn Nets is what. Is what they want? They won a playoff series or two, and and were the topic of discussion on ESPN and FS1, and and the ESPN FS1 radio and and the ESPN and Fox Sports radio shows, and they, and they, and they got a and they got what two dozen games or so on uh, 
well, more than two dozen, but they got but they got dozens of games on TNT and ESPN, ABC, with Breen Jackson, Van Gundy doing the games. What exactly did you accomplish other than being relevant to the basketball and sports world outside of the borough that they play in? Because as many of people that are New York slash tri-state area current residents or past residents, if you're a New York sports fan or a sports fan that lives new lives in or around New York and in or around the Brooklyn area, you know that the Brooklyn Nets aren't a patch on the Knicks' ass when it comes to popularity and the size of the fan base. The Brooklyn Nets are relevant outside of the city of New York. Inside the city of New York, the New York Knicks could go 0-82 and and would still be more relevant, sell more seats, and have a much more bigger and more passionate fan base than the Brooklyn Nets will ever have. For a perfect example, remember last year's playoffs? Remember the environment in Madison Square Garden with the Knicks last year? And remember how it felt in the Barclays Center? The Brooklyn Nets, both team, both New York teams were in the playoffs. But one had Kevin Durant on it and were a championship contender. The other was a feel-good story where the best player on that t- where the best players on that team were Derrick Rose and Julie and uh and uh was it Julius? I think Julius Randle. And the Knicks, the energy with the Madison Square Garden and, and, and with that team was far more superior than what it was with the Nets. So what exactly, when you look at it at the end of the day, what exactly will you remember or think about when you, when come 2035, you say, remember when KD and Kevin Durant joined up with the Nets? What, what will be their memory? The fact that Kevin Durant nearly won, nearly took out the eventual champions by himself without Kyrie Irving because he was hurt. We're going to talk about the fact that Kyrie Irving took days off because he felt like it, didn't want to show up to work because of January 6th, didn't want to get a vaccine so he could only play road games. And picked and chose the spots when he wanted to show up to work and when he didn't. Because that's what the basketball fan that's going to live 5, 10, 15 plus years down the road who experiences. That's what they're going to remember. At the end of the day, nobody's going to remember or they're going to care that they were the Eastern Conference team of conversation outside of the Milwaukee Bucks on sports talk radio and on sports television and that they got marquee games on TNT and ESPN. Nobody is going to remember and nobody's going to care. What they won't remember and care about is whether or not they won an Eastern Conference, made it to slash won an NBA NBA championship or an NBA finals, I should say. And the answer to that question is no.
as no. The Bucks made it. Celtics made it. That's what people are going to remember and that's what people are going to talk about. The Heat made it. That's what people are going to remember and that's what people are going to talk about. 15, 20, 25 years from now. And the Nets as a franchise, they're done. They went from they went from irrelevant to relevant back to irrelevancy. And the whole reason why they were relevant is was was because the players the players that played on that team, Kyrie, Harden, Durant. That's it. That's it. The Nets were only as relevant for as long as Kevin Durant was going to be on the team. Once out, so I would imagine come September, come uh, September, October, when the training camp opens up, and then when the new season tips off, Brooklyn Nets, you can probably count on one hand how many games they'll they'll get on TNT and ESPN combined heading into this season. Kyrie Irving, cancer and a poison. Can't. He's unreliable. Whatever walk of life you're in, whatever job and or career you may have, you can't. They may be the nicest person person in the world. They mean they may mean well. They may not be a terrible human being, but you cannot, under any circumstances, work with a human being who is unreliable. You can't. If somebody you work with can't show up to work on a consistent basis, picks and choose when they want to do their job, finds inane reasons and not reasons, but inane excuses for not wanting to show up to work, you can't, you can't, you may, they may be a great person and they may treat you tremendously outside of the workplace. But when it comes to your job, your JLB, and they're unreliable as hell, you know, them showing up to work is, is, is like you pull, is like pulling a rabbit out of a hat. Can't, can't work with them. Kevin Durant's realized that. Can't work with them. Can't win with them. As, as, the, as Mike Singletary said, can't work with can't can't cannot win with them cannot work with them just can't do it can't do it was poison with the Celtics and now poison with the Nets and I also found it no coincidence as I was scrolling through the internet the last couple of days I also found it it was no coincidence you know I don't know if you guys know obviously you don't care but I don't know if you guys know. Kevin Kevin Love recently got married within the last few days, and he and his and his and his bride took a picture with all of Kevin's buddies that were on those Cavs teams. That of course the 2016 team that won a championship and those Cavs teams that made those NBA Finals runs. Jr. Smith was in the picture. Everybody, Jr. Smith, from LeBron, Kevin, Jr. Smith. Jordan Clarkson Jr., Richard Jefferson, everybody on the roster 
well, not the roster, but you know the the, the meat potatoes of the team, the stars, the starting lineup, and the and the and the in the, the key players that are on that team in that group photo. You can look it up. Everybody's there except one person. And you go to the comments, and you and you just see it ad infinitum. Where's Kyrie? Kyrie didn't show up. Kyrie opted out of this wedding. Kyrie, where's Kyrie Irving? Kyrie Irving, obviously, like it, like it was so. It was, it was like what's what's the what's that phrase? It was the it was a ginormous white. It was a ginormous white elephant in the room. That Kyrie Irving wasn't included, wasn't either. He didn't show up to the wedding or wasn't in the picture, which I think also speaks volumes. He's poison. Can't depend. He's he's unreliable and he's not dependable. To show up to work on a consistent basis, day and day. We get how great he is. We get how talented he is. We get it that he's an NBA champion, and he, outside of LeBron James, is the sole one of one of the main cornerstone reasons why the Cleveland Cavaliers have a championship. They're going to retire. They're going to retire as number two, and retire as number two in the rafters when he retires, and probably build him a statue outside the Quicken Loans Arena. I get it, but when it comes to showing up the work and answering the bell. Every single every single game, over the, throughout throughout his tenure since he's been a Brooklyn Net, you can forget it. When he does show up and answer the bell, I don't what he do with Boston. He does nothing but destroy a locker room. That and alienate a fan base. And Kyrie Irving can give the the slide middle fingers to the Boston crowd all they want. Bottom line is. They went fur. They beat you to go further than you took them when you were playing number one on the team, and that's the bottom line. As for Kevin Durant, I'll say this: Kevin Durant can really show me something. He said the two teams he's interested in Miami and Phoenix. They can really show me something with a couple of things, or really with one thing. Go to a team that has not won. Phoenix hasn't won, but they got Booker and Chris Paul. And if I was the Suns, I would I would jump at the first opportunity to get the rant on my team and get Chris Paul the hell off it. And the Suns also got to make sure that the, the, the Suns could honestly also make a mistake by letting DeAndre Ayton go. I'm not ma- I'm not making him out to be Charles Barkley, but DeAndre Ayton is a very he's an excellent fit for that team. Plays the, play, he's a center. He play he plays the position tremendously well. Good player. They need to take care of DeAndre Ayton. I understand, you know, if you get Durant and 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 you know, and Aiton goes out the door, you can live with it. But if it was me, I would make sure if I was the Phoenix Suns executive, I'd make sure that whatever beef, whatever rift that Aiton has, either between he and Monty Williams or he and the York, I would squash it. Because then this is me talking. This is how I'm thinking. I think the Suns are playing with fire. 
allow, uh, allowing the opportunity to present itself for DeAndre Ayton to go out the door. But anyway, that's a uh, this that's a separate uh, issue that I, I, I digress. But Katie, if you really want to show me something, go to a team that hadn't won. Go to Tini that hasn't won and or does not have a superstar on it. Go to Orlando, Detroit. Go to a team that was in the toilet or and or has been in the toilet for X amount of years and you joining them automatically makes them an NBA champion. Go to Detroit, join up with Cade Cunningham or the Magic with Paolo Panchero, who they just drafted out of Duke. Go join, go find a team, a bad NBA team, with a young player either just drafted a week ago or coming in or heading into their second NBA season, second or third NBA season. Join forces with them, show the youngins the, the ropes, and make them a 50-win team at, at, at a at a Thanos snap of a finger, and a, and a championship contender. Detroit, Orlando, hell, I'll even settle for go going back home. Go home, pull LeBron. I'm coming home. Go home and play and and, and play for your hometown Wizards. And you know, at the drop of the hat, he go he goes back home and, and plays for his hometown Wizards. Automatically, they jump number one in the pecking order in DC sports. To hell with Dan Snyder. To hell with the Nationals who stink and Soto who's who's been awful. The Capitals who are whose little window of championship, whose window of being a damn good hockey team from from what I know from afar is just about to close shut on them, they would immediately jump number one. Forget Washington, forget Commanders, football team, Redskins football, the Nationals, they won a championship, who cares? The Caps, they won a championship. They would immediately, number one, if he goes to Washington. Go to Washington. Show me something. Join with Guzman. Go to uh, the Pistons with Cunningham. Panchero with, with, with the Orlando Magic. Find a team that has not won, that's in the abyss, and has young, promising talent on the team, and join forces with them. For the sake of the NBA, for the sake of the sport. Don't join forces with LeBron with the Lakers. Don't join forces with... Uh, with, 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 with with uh, Booker and, and the Suns, don't join. Uh, don't join. Um, uh, this the other one, Jimmy Butler with the Heat. No. If you join Carl Anthony Towns with the Timberwolves, I can live with that. I can live with it. But no Dallas, no Miami. I understand Miami and Phoenix are choice A and choice B. No no Phoenix, no Miami, no Dallas. Uh-uh. No Lakers. Uh-uh. Orlando, Detroit, Washington. Or go to the Knicks and save them. 
all four. You cannot sit there and tell me that if he if they he had to go to the Magic Pistons, Wizards or Knicks that it wouldn't be great for the sport. Knicks already locked up Jalen Brown. Pull, pull, surprise the hell out of everybody and say, you know what? Send me to Manhattan. We'll play for the Knicks. Or I'm going home. I'll play for the Wizards. Or I go to Disney Disney World and play for the Magic. Or the Pistons. Pick any of those four teams that are young, inexperienced, and for the last part, for a good part of the last decade, have been in the toilet, and and turn and turn those franchises around. A, it'd be good for your legacy. B, you'll be an you your image, your your image within the within the sports to the, to the sports fans to the NBA fans. Its eyes will change. And see, what good for the sport, good for the good for the sport, good for the team and the, and the area and the fan base of which you're joining. And three, your image slash legacy will change by joining those downtrodden teams to the sports fans to the NBA fans and within the NBA fans and and sports fans' eyes. Also, your legacy will be. He's the one that found that won Detroit their first championship in in eighteen or eight seventeen eighteen so years. He's the guy that made the Orlando Magic into that turning Orlando Magic into an NBA championship contender, which they haven't been in well over ten years. He is the one that that went home to to Washington, played for his hometown team, and pulled a LeBron and won them a championship. He's the one that that brought the that brought the Knicks back to permanent relevancy. That that uh that's been that's been their first bona fide start that they've had since Patrick Ewing. Do that for the sake of the sport. Don't join up with 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 the with the league superstars and the league all stars that either a don't need you or b are a good team but are Kevin Durant away from being a superstar. You've pulled that card already. Let me see you go out there by yourself. Be be the quote-unquote bus driver as Charles Barkley ad infinitum gets on you for not being. You want to shut up, Charles Barkley? Go to Orla- go to Orlando, Detroit, Washington, or across the uh, Brooklyn Bridge over to Manhattan and play for the Knicks. You want to shut up, Charles Barkley, and shut up all the bus driver talk and KD is soft and... KD, all he does is ride other other superstars' coattails. You want to shut up all that? Do that. If you go join the Heat, join forces with Jimmy Butler, or join forces with Devin Booker and the Suns, or whatever, anything like that, then don't come kicking and screaming, and don't cry yourself to sleep at night, or, 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 or tweet your fingers off on your Twitter account when the Charles Barkley's of the world say KD is great, but... He's not a leader, he's not a bona fide leader, and he's not a bus driver when it comes to these championship-level teams. You cannot have your cake and eat it too. I understand that those teams I named are not on this list, but it would be excellent for the sport if he goes to uh, if he goes to the Pistons, Magic, Wizards. Piston, Magic, Wizards, or Knicks. Even Utah, they're finished, but Utah wouldn't, wouldn't be a bad option either. But the primary four, Magic, Pistons, Knicks, Wizards.
and the Nets as a, as a franchise when it comes to relevancy are finished. Kyrie Irving, poison. You can have him. I don't care how talented. I don't care how talented he is. He's unreliable and undependable. And that's the that's a hard hard truth. Celtics learned that. The Brooklyn Nets and Kevin Durant quietly will never say it out in public, but he's learned that as well. He's vaccinated. Everybody else has done what they needed to do, and Kyrie Irving wants wants to wants to uh, show showcase and show off that he's that he's the quote unquote smartest guy in the room. Tough to work with a person that's like that. Speaking of tough to take, this Freddie Freeman mess. We'll sound off on that as the Amatelica TIS podcast will continue. Welcome you back to the I'm going to talk you TIU's podcast. Um, just a couple of things. First off, um, the uh, the Wizards, five-year, $251 million max contract for Bradley Beal to stay with the Wizards. Um, I guess that kind of squashes any hopes of having Kevin Durant on the team. But uh, it's, uh, I mean... I, I I just I, I I just um it's funny because Bradley Beal earlier this season was uh was uh was you know making it known how much he hates losing and won't win a championship this that and the other and you and you signed with the same team for fifty million dollars a year I mean I I I I I, I, don't, I have no idea I just. They're not making the playoffs and not winning a championship. The Wizards fans, the poor, the few of them that you have out there. I don't know. I just, I don't know. I am all for, I I, 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 get, I get the idea. He, say, he said two weeks ago, I want to play where he fit. He said two weeks ago, quote, I want to play where I feel like I can win. And he goes out and he signs. I any signs with the with the Wizards? I just I don't, I don't get it. I don't get. You can't 
the, the you can't say I want to win and then you come back. I understand, you know who who would sneeze at, who who you know who would sneeze at at the money that he's making over the next five years. But I mean, good lord! Uh, at the at the end of the day, and this is and again, I brought this up when it came to live tour thing with the live with the live tour thing and everything. You know, I I I get it making your money and and professional athletes today have a short short window of opportunity for them to make as much money as they possibly can based off of their athletic and physical ability and I get that and I respect it and I understand it but where it go but where the but where it gets to be a little crazy and where it gets to be tough to understand and tough to take and tough to listen to and tough to tolerate is when you get paid more than what you're actually worth. You know, you don't go, you know, if somebody on the job that you know isn't as good as the isn't as good as they either think they are or are trying to market themselves to be on a job and they get a, and they get a big time pay raise, make themselves the highest paid person at the office or at your job, you would have a problem with it. And in professional sports these days, I I feel I feel the same way, not with every player, but with but with but with uh, well with some, you know, you cannot be an average player, or overrated player, or a player that doesn't produce them delivery, and then kick and scream about you know where's my help, where's th- where's my help? I don't have anybody around me. Kick and scream and raise holy hell that you don't have anybody to work with around you, and that you don't have a complete. We said the same thing about Russell Wilson. We said the same thing about these quarterbacks that make top down in the NFL, and then they and then they wake up one day and they wonder why their team isn't as good, and 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 the town around them is inferior to the town that they had when they first came onto the scene during the midst of the championship window. Russell Wilson, we kicked and screamed about this for for years. We kicked, and, I kicked and screamed, and at the top of my lungs about it. You can't take everything on in a salary cap sport. You cannot take every last penny, every and count every nickel, take it off the table for yourself, and then wonder why you don't have a championship team around you. In in salary cap sports, life does not work like that. You cannot have your cake and eat it too. You got to give something to get something. It's a give and a take. Okay? I cannot go out there and I tell you what, I, I give a perfect example. I cannot go out there and buy every single thing that I like in, in the mall or when I go to an order, I cannot buy everything that I see that I like at the at the team store when I go to an Orioles game and expect to have enough money to 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 get on an Uber ride home, or expect to have enough money for me to go to an Orioles game down the road, or expect to have enough money to pay uh, my Sirius XM bill. Or to pay money to make sure that school's paid off and school's paid for, or for me to have money to buy a new phone. It, you, you, there, 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 there's a cost and a gain. 
and Bradley Bill made it known he wants to win, yet he goes right back to the same. I understand for the amount of money. I understand turning down. Well, you, if you were had to, the, I heard the argument. It's a tired argument. I've heard it. I'm sick and tired of hearing it. At the end of the day, if I want something bad enough, money is not going to be able to buy it. Okay. If I want if I want to be in a position where I can win, where I can play competitive basketball, competitive football late in the season, be on a team that I feel like that can make the playoffs, win a playoff series, and and who knows, make a run at winning a championship or as a Sherlock championship contender when the season starts, I'm gonna move heaven and earth and make sure that I can do whatever possible I gotta do to make sure that I get what I want. And that is to be on a championship contending team. Everything else, money, paychecks, all that be damned. Because at the end of the day, again, you cannot take the money, you cannot take the U-Haul truck and your life savings to the grave with you. You can't do it. Once you die, that's it. Your money does not go with you to the grave or it doesn't go with your spirit either to, he either to heaven or to hell with you when you pass. Can't do it. The money, st you go, your money stays here on earth. And again, I, I've said it, I don't know how many times in the history of this show, you know, the money is great and all, and, and the financial legacy you leave for, all of that is great and is fine and dandy. But at the end of the day, nobody in the world is going to sit back and remember and reminisce. And when it comes to conversation of legacy, X player versus X player. Who's better? You're building a roster of greatest uh, basketball, football, whatever players of all time. Who are you picking? Who has more rings, player X or player Y? When it gets to those legacy conversations, and we're having them now with players that played in the 90s, in the 80s, even into the early, mid-2000s, and the old heads with the guys that played in the 50s, 60s, 70s, nobody sits up and talks about how much money Bill Russell got paid in 1960s NBA? We talk about his 11, we talk about his 11, 12 championships and his contributions to the league as a player and as a coach and a black player playing in the city of Boston. We talk about that. We don't talk about, we obviously acknowledge it because we still see it right in front of us, but. When people, when Laker fans that never met Kobe Bryant, that didn't know him as a father, a husband, a friend, a team, when Laker fans were crying their eyeballs out when Kobe passed two years ago, they weren't crying because the amount of money, over the amount of money that he made as an L.A. Laker. They were crying over the legacy and the impact he left as a player when it came to delivering joy and happiness, winning them championships, making them championship contenders. The impact, the legacy is what people will remember. People will remember the legacy the, the the moments and the episodes and the elements of happiness that you bring upon a fan base, bring upon an individual. The money's nice. The money's great. 
but people don't remember you for it unless your money is is what made you is what made your legacy a la if you're an entrepreneur or something like that but more often than not especially when it comes to these professional athletes money's great make your paper in the small window that you have but what a lot of athletes today that I have noticed is that they care more about their bottom line and making that paper than they do leaving a legacy and and putting an imprint uh, 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 implant on the on the field of work that they excelled in. And a lot of the athletes, not all, but a lot of them I've noticed, care more about their, how much money they make and care about their bottom line and their financial legacy, which is great and which isn't bad within reason, more than they do leaving a mark and leaving a legacy, leaving their legacy on the sport that they play. When you played basketball and when you played hockey, when you played baseball, when you played football for the first time. And that's why with the live golf thing, I find it to be a crock of crap about, well, they play it to make money. Well, yeah, obviously. But Tiger Woods at the, age of, at the age of two and three didn't pick up and know how to start swinging a golf club because he knew... 20, 30, 40 years, well not 40 because he's in his 40s, but he didn't know 20, 30 plus years down the line that it would make him a billionaire. That was great, but that was the that but that was the fruit of his labor, the fruit of his passion, the fruit of his dream that ended up coming about. When he was picking up and swinging golf clubs on I think it was Ed Sullivan. On the Ed Sullivan show, it wasn't because, oh boy, Tiger Woods woke up one day, saw a golf club, and automatically, you know, like like Mr. Krabs and SpongeBob, his eye his eyes turned in his eyes turned into money sign. He saw a golf club, he saw millions upon millions upon millions of dollars. Started playing it because he loved to do it. And you get the feeling that there's no true love of the game anymore. Didn't mean to go off on that tangent, but it kind of relates to the other topic I wanted to sound off about. And that is Freddie Freeman. You know, I did not see a whole hell of a lot. As I mentioned, I was extremely busy over the over the last weekend. But I saw it. I saw the clips. I saw it with Freddie Freeman returning to Atlanta. Here's what I want to say about Freddie Freeman. I mean, ad infinitum, I saw Freddie Freeman... Whether it's at whether it's in where he, when he met the media, whether when he met the media prior to at bats when he got his ring, all I heard and saw was Freddie Freeman with the crocodile tears when he, when he was in Atlanta over the past weekend, and I get it, it's his home, it's where he spent well over a decade playing for the fan base. Won a championship with him last season. I get it. But Freddie Freeman had to, at some point, man up, put his big boy pants on, grow the hell up, and get over it. Okay? 
it wasn't like what people forget in this is that it wasn't Freddie Freeman's first time playing Atlanta since he became a Dodger. It was the second time. He played Atlanta, I think it was in April, when the Braves came to Los Angeles. So he had that feeling to say, how you doing, hugging, kisses, teammates, and the members of, of, of the media that followed the Atlanta He had the opportunity when they played him for the first time. Now I get it. It's a different feel playing your old team for the first time at home, you know, at home as far as at home with your new team than it is going to a place that you call home. So I understand it's a different dynamic, but still, I didn't even, I didn't even watch. I kept tabs on him, but I didn't sit down and watch any of the games over the, over that weekend. And I, got sick and tired of the Freddie Freeman Atlanta Braves show. I got I gotta be honest, I got sick of it. It got old it it got old it got old pretty damn quick. I gotta be honest. It got old. Because my philosophy with the Freddie Freeman thing is this you could have moved heaven and earth to stay with the Atlanta Braves. Heaven and earth. To stay with the Atlanta Braves. If you love something so much. There is no amount of money. That will separate you from that person or that thing. If you love living in a certain city. Or love living in a certain house. To the point where the thought of you leaving brings you to literal tears where you're sobbing like a baby. There is no paycheck. There is no. There is nothing. And if you really love it that much as I'm supposed to believe Freddie Freeman loves the Atlanta Braves to that point. You love it that much. There is no paycheck and no amount of money that will separate you from that city, from that organization, from those teammates that you called friends and family. There's no paycheck. No paycheck. That will change that. If it's me and I love, if it was me and I love playing for my Baltimore, and I let's say in an alternate universe, I became a Major League Baseball player and played for my Baltimore Orioles and and won a championship with them and came up through the organization and the only team I ever played for, and the New York Yankees and the LA Dodgers were throwing three, four, five hundred, two hundred, fifty plus million dollar contracts at me to play for them, who are contenders in their own right, but my heart and soul is with the Orioles. I won't play for chicken scraps. I won't play for minimum wage. But if I got to settle for a six, seven year, $162 million contract when I could be making 305 but the 305 isn't in Baltimore, And it's not my second, and it's not my first pay. That's the thing that we also get confused in this too. 
I don't believe this is Freddie Freeman's first this past over. It wasn't his first payday. This was not Freddie Freeman. This wasn't a Freddie Freeman welcome to superstardom, welcome to free agency, have at it. This wasn't Freddie Freeman's first time getting a big time contract. It was his second. So the amount of money that he now granted his he was a better player heading into this past free agency over the winter because he won a championship and a and a 2020 shortened season MVP to boot. So his value was probably more exponent was more exponentially up than it was prior to the first free agency round that he went into. But you get the idea. If I love being on the Atlanta Braves so much, no amount of money is going to change my mind of leaving. No amount of money is going to change my mind. Period. If I love the Atlanta Braves, come hell to high water, I am going to be an Atlanta Brave. One like the Atlanta Braves are were paying you chicken scraps. The one like the Atlanta Braves lowballed you. One like you're it's not you're gonna make thirteen dollars an hour playing first base for the Atlanta Braves. Or getting paid thirty thirty thousand dollars a year to pay for the Atlanta Braves. They gave you a nice, solid, respectable offer. And you ended up with the Dodgers. And I understand he's from Southern California. He's from Orange County. Dodgers don't play in Orange County. They play in L.A. County. So if he would have went home to, to go with the Angels, that's one thing. But he didn't. Now granted, he wanted to still be able to win, so he chose the Dodgers. But you get the idea. It's a It's a good hike. From Freddie Freeman's hometown to Dodger Stadium and Chavez Ravine. But the point is, I couldn't take and I can't stomach Freddie Freeman sent up press conferences before the game with the ring getting his ring. I, I can't before at bats, I can't take the 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 the, the sappy Love affair and 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 the tear fest with Freddie Freeman. I could I could I couldn't take it because at the end of the day, the past is the past, the present is the present. You're not with the Braves anymore. You're with the Dodgers. You're wearing Dodger blue and a Dodger uniform. Okay, the lifelong slash current. Dodgers, Kershaw especially because he made it known, he was like, listen, he said, basically said among other things, Freddie, you're a Dodger now. Put the past behind you. It's a business. We're we're a championship. We're a championship contending team too. Uh, let's get on with the damn program. Kershaw was, and Kershaw's been a. Dodger, he's been an A1 since day one with that team and with that organization. Anybody within that locker room has the right to say something, it's him. It's him. And he basically said it nicely to the media 
Freddie Freeman's got to grow the hell up, put his big boy pants on, dry them damn tears, and grow up. And move on to 2022 and stop being stuck in 2021 and his career prior with the Braves. That's basically what he said. And the Justin Turners of the world, everybody. I mean, if I was a Dodger player, I, I there there was a picture was circling around the internet when they were in Atlanta where he was sitting on the bench all to himself, essentially isolated from his team. And if there's a little bit of a rift or if there is a rift in the locker room with him reminiscing over the past with Atlanta, I can't blame the, Bra- the, the Dodger players, the ones that are there that, again, as I mentioned with Kevin Rant, are keeping the rift, are keeping the beef and keeping the mess private in the house, which, which you respect about them. But I can understand and fully get why. You know what that's like? What Freddie? You know what Freddie Freeman is doing? Freddie Freeman is Freddie Freeman is the person in a relationship that go that goes through a painful breakup that is still reminiscing over his ex girlfriend while he's with his current girlfriend, who albeit doesn't have that that who doesn't have the the lovey-dovey, touchy-feely history and or personality that the ex-girlfriend had, but is still a 8, 9, or 10 in her own right, he is still reminiscing over the 8, 9, 10 in his heart that he is forever attached with when he has a... Gorgeous woman by his side, and he basically is taking her for granted and giving her the perpetual finger by still reminiscing over his previous girlfriend. That's what he's he he he. Freddie Freeman is that guy that's gone through a painful breakup, still deep down wishes and reminisces that he was with his ex, while his current girlfriend is no slouch, and expects. His current girlfriend to tolerate and to stomach the crocodile tears and the reminiscing and the memories and the stories of the ex-girlfriend. Nah, bruh. Life don't work like that. And another thing, too, that, that people forget in this is that the Dodgers had to, or excuse me, the Braves had to beat the Dodgers to win the Dodgers with a team that the Braves beat to win the NL pennant to go to the World Series. So Trey Turner, Justin Turner, uh who else? Max Muncie, Cody Bellinger. They're not gonna have Mookie Betts. They're not gonna have that warm and fuzzy feeling towards the Dodge towards the Braves that Freddie Freeman does. Because Less than a year ago, when Freddie was on the Braves, the Braves were the team that that crushed those Dodger players' souls. That well, not souls, but they but they crushed their hopes, their dreams of repeating as World Series champions. They they painfully ended and abruptly ended their season. So they're not going to look at the Braves with sunshine and rainbow sugar and spice and everything nice through that same lens that Freddie Freeman is. 
because they had to they had to beat LA to win that championship. They're not going to look at the the 2021 championship banner and the video tribute on the jumbotron and Freddie Ginn. They're not going to look at it through the same lens that members of the Freeman family, Freddie Freeman himself, and the Braves fan and Brian Snitker and Akuna. They're not going to look at it through the same lens, and it will be unrealistic to expect them to. But Freddie's got to get over this, man. Freddie has got Freddie's in his thirties. Married, father, grown-ass man, grow the hell up, put your big boy pants on, dry those damn tears, enough with the damn crocodile tears, and embrace you being an L.A. Dodger. Okay? It's tough for me to take you crying your eyeballs out in front of the media before the game last Friday when you had an opportunity to stay in Atlanta, whether it's the fault of you or your agent, I it's com, it's convoluted, it's complex. Quite frankly, I don't give a damn whose fault it was. If it's his agent's fault, who we got rid of earlier this week, then Freddie Freeman should have had a wherewithal to, to tell his agent while they're negotiating a contract with Anthopolis GM, he should have told his agent, listen, this is the money that I want, but if they give me a respectful offer on the table for me to stay here, I am going to stay here. My heart is in Atlanta. My family's in Atlanta. I've been here my entire career. I want to retire an Atlanta Brave. I don't want to play for no other organization but for the Red and Navy Blue, the team that Hank Aaron played for. I want to play for this team, for this fan base, in this city, in this ballpark for the rest of my career. I don't care what you got to do, how many strings you have to pull, however long, and whatever methods of negotiating you got to go through, but make sure that when the negotiations are finished, a deal is in place so I can sign a contract for me to be an Atlanta Brave for the rest of my career. And Freddie Freeman did not do that. So at the end of the day, if he really, really wanted come hell to higher water being Atlanta Brave, he would have moved heaven and earth and would have raised hell to make sure that he would have stayed. And he did not do that. Whether it's the fact that he wasn't as persistent and didn't get the message clear enough to his agent to make sure that he stayed, or, or should have been in the negotiating rooms right next to his agent while they're talking with Anthopolis throughout the offseason. Whatever the case might be, he, at the end of I understand agents have responsibilities, but at the end of the day, he's the Freddie Freeman's the player. Freddie Freeman's the player. Freddie Freeman's the Freddie Freeman's the one that's got his John Hancock on on the contract. Okay, it's his life, his career, not his agents. His agent can represent him, and should represent him to the best of his abilities, and should put his best foot forward and and and, and put in his best work. But it's Freddie's baseball career. It's Freddie's life, not his agents. So if Freddie wanted to make sure that he was an Atlanta Brave. I don't give a damn if they had to negotiate a contract through past opening day. He would have made it known. 
that he wanted to, that he wanted to, to stay in Atlanta. And if he felt that that the that the GM and his agent were buck were bumping heads and weren't seeing eye to eye, he as the player that they're negotiating over, as as the piece that they're negotiating over, he championship player, MVP, Gold Glove, whole nine yards. He has the responsibility to be the mediator between the two, bust through that office door. Stop the interview. Stop the, the 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 conversation. Say, hold up, wait a minute. Let's take a deep breath. Let's stop. Let's pause. Let's use our minds. Use some common sense and get back to the common goal and the task at hand. That is what a player that's got his hands by the you-know-what when it comes to his life and his contract negotiation. That's what you do. Has he ever heard of T.O. or seen the 30 for 30 called entitled Broke? Agents, sports agents sometimes be shady as hell. Nature of the business. It's the risk you take by having somebody represent you. When it comes to negotiating contracts, it happens. My point is, if Freddie Freeman wanted to be an Atlanta Brave for 2022 to the day he retired, he would have made he would have made it his business and moved heaven and earth to do so, and he did not. He left it upon his he left it upon his agent. His agent screwed him over. He's a LA Dodger now. Instead of an Atlanta Brave. You sleep in the bed you make. Actions have consequences. Maybe next time Freddie Freeman will be a a lot more thorough. And will be a lot more involved in whatever contract negotiations he may have to encounter next. But it's not fair for his Dodger teammates and the Dodger fan base to, to, to feel like that their second field fiddle in fear or less than or have to tolerate and stomach the fact that Freddie Freeman deep down in his heart doesn't want to be there and would rather be with the team that kicked the Dodgers ass to get to that World Series that he won. On top of the fact that they beat a that they that the team that they beat to win the World Series in the World Series isn't exactly beloved by the Dodger players and fan base as well. With the whole 2017 cheating scandal thing with the Astros. Don't make the don't make your teammates and the Dodgers suffer for your piss poor decision making. Is basically the point I'm trying to make. Don't make and don't have the Dodgers suffer for your piss poor decision making. For you not making the right choice and making the right decision and living with regret. Don't make your teammates and Dodger Blue, don't Dave Roberts, and more importantly the fan base, don't make them feel not the wrath, but don't make them, but don't let them. Deal with your foolishness and make them deal with the aftermath and and put your emotions on and spread your emotions 
throw your emotions onto them for your bad decision making. Because you had ample time throughout the winter and you had more time you couldn't negotiate really realistically because of the strike. But you had a good. But you had a, you had a long off season. You had a longer off season than usual. And if you wanted to, you could have kept negotiating through spring training and into the month of April. If you really wanted to be in L and be in Atlanta Brave bad enough, you believe me, believe me. This isn't the NFL where there's salary caps, where GMs sit up with an agent and a player and say. You know what? Our cap space is full. We're X amount of dollars over the cap. We got th- we got we got this this player has you know this these list of players have this 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 this, this that financial uh, demands we gotta meet. We gotta play. We either gotta play this these pl- this player or these two or three players in the future, or we gotta play. We got these X amount of players on our books for this year. We can't afford to pay you. Football, basketball, hockey with with a salary cap. I I get it. Like Ed Reed with the Ravens. Ravens wanted to bring him back in the worst way. Couldn't find couldn't find any room in the in the cap space to to, to uh, couldn't pull couldn't find any money at the bottom of the well to pull from to pay Ed Reed. One of them in the worst way. He wanted to stay there, but the nature of being a salary cap sport. Sometimes they don't, they ain't got. Sometimes the numbers just don't add up. Sometimes they don't have enough money. Football, if it was football, I could totally get it. Baseball, free market, no salary cap. There's no excuse, no excuse whatsoever. You you you. Do you, do you think the Matt Olson is the next best thing? But do you really think they, the Braves wanted Matt Olson on their team from you know take a, picking a player from the Oakland A's when they when they had Freddie Freeman? No. But for one reason or another, they had to get the next best thing. Hopefully, Freddie will learn his lesson. But I'm tired of the cro- I'm tired of the crocodile tears, and it's enough. It's enough. Don't make the Dodgers pay for your bad decision-making, Freddie. That's not right, and it's not fair to them. For one reason or another, you're not Atlanta Brave anymore. I don't give a damn who's to blame, the reasons why. I and the Dodger fan and the Dodger players, quite frankly, are not interested and could give a rat's ass. The bottom line is, the past is the past, the present is the present. You're a Dodger, not a Brave. Time for you to put that part of your life, turn the page, put it in your rear view mirror, and be lock, talk, be tunnel focused and locked stead and, and, and locked in and focused on the here and now and what's to come for you, for you as a LA Dodger. That drove me crazy. Take a break. The yeah, until I can tell you this podcast will continue. Put that in.
innocent face Cause everything below your neck Killing everything next It's murder, murder You say I need to watch out Something might go down But I really wanna take this Under the ground, under the ground And I will be down to go to that level And even when you speak regular A sick freak girl I say okay So come on and leave me Cause the deeper you take me The better, better Softly, but we can go as hard as you want till the bed's way under the ground, under the ground. I will be down to go to that level. Welcome back to the Amatelica TIS podcast. You know, it's just you know, it's bottom line. You know, if you're if you're if you're Freddie Freeman, make it known what you want. If you want to make, if you want to stay in Atlanta, fine. If you want to make a hell of a lot of money, fine. I'm pretty sure the Braves, the Braves love Freddie Freeman, but they made a business decision. Matt Olson, cheaper, cheaper, less time. You know, the 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 years and the and the. Amount of money lined up, and he's five years young, younger than Freddie Freeman. So, as much as they would have loved to to, uh, to have Freddie Freeman on the team, they're not gonna not uh, losing sleep some rumor. They're not gonna be stuck at a standstill because Freddie Freeman isn't isn't an Atlanta isn't an Atlanta Brave. His puncher. And again, may, say what you want. Want to stay in Atlanta and want to make hella money? You you play in a sport where there's free market. Say so. But I mean. And then he goes, he tells the agent one thing, and then and then stuff falls apart. I mean, come on, Freddie, say what you want. And if you don't say what you want, or you keep feelings inside and keep opinions and and keep requests inside and don't speak them out into the ether and and make it known to your rep to your representation what you want, then it sounds harsh. It sounds rough to say, but you deserve what you get. As my sister, as my younger sister used to say all the time, when she was in a, she was in a grade school. She didn't. I'm pretty sure back then she probably didn't even know what she was saying. But it, she used to say all the time, "You get what you get, and you don't get upset." Well, Freddie Freeman, you get what you got, and 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 now you're living with regret, and you're upset, and you're essentially making your new team and your new uh, and your new uh, fan base. You're making them pay for it, which 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 is unfair and not right. Man, the hell up, Freddie! You're a grown ass man. I understand memory. I understand we all got memories, and we all. You know, at point in times of our lives when we gotta cut ties with, uh, we gotta cut ties with, uh, with 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 places or or with people that we so dearly love, but for, but for the betterment of ourselves or for whatever the reason, we gotta we gotta move on. We gotta move on. Got to. Can't stay stuck in the past, and if and if you and and if the past is a place that you that you enjoy being in, well, back in the past, you should have made sure that the place that you were still in was the place where you were going to maintain for your future. And Freddie Freeman did not do that. Made it all about himself. I mean, it's it's enough. The the the, the tearing, the crying into the Powerade title. I've had enough of it. I really have. You're not a brave anymore, Freddie. You're a Dodger. 
Start acting like it. Wanted to be with Atlanta so much, you should have made that known during the negotiation process, and you didn't. You wanted you wanted to be in Atlanta, but you didn't make it. But it wasn't the the the, fir, the first and foremost thing in your mind. It wasn't come hella high water. I'll be damned if I'm playing in another uniform outside of an Atlanta Brave uniform. You didn't give that impression. Actions have consequences. What can I tell you? And, and again, and th- and this is the main point that want to get that I want to get that I w- that I want to hit home out of all of this. Don't make the, do not make, the. Dodgers organization and your teammates have to suffer for your poor choices. That's unfair to them. It's not right. And it's a narcissistic, douchebaggy thing to do. Period. Nikola Jokic, Supermax contract, he gets his money, the which he rightfully deserves, MVP of the sport. A uh, sensational player, one of the best big men in the game, no fu- without question, no doubt. Uh, the only thing with the Denver Nuggets is that they're only going to go as far as Jokic has to do the job by himself because they need, uh, because they need Jamal Murray back for them to become big time championship contenders, uh, in the worst way, uh, in the worst way imaginable. Uh, John Wall uh, now a lost now a L.A. Clipper, which is very interesting. Quit straight up got paid a got paid hand over fist to not play for the Houston Rockets only in the NBA only in America. Uh, so he is now a L.A. Clipper. We shall see how that how that uh, ends up going this upcoming season as the NBA free agency period is just beginning. Uh, is just beginning as uh, we are less than a few, less than what five hours away from it from it becoming uh, July the first as the uh, as the uh, New Orleans, not the New Orleans, the uh, the, the uh, Philadelphia seventy sixers and Daryl Morey essentially trying to turn it into the Houston Rockets two I mean, what's the definition of insanity? Doing the same damn thing over and over again, expecting different results. Uh, apparently Daryl Morey has never heard of that, uh, has never heard of that phrase because they got, they just, uh, brought in PJ Tucker, uh, to join, uh, the 76ers, uh, essentially creating Rockets 2.0. I mean, when will they ever, ever freaking long? Maybe the difference is the fact that Joel Embiid is on the team, but I mean, I just, I, it, I mean, it is unfrickin' believable. Uh, with with Moray, who's never won a damn thing in his life, is uh, essentially rehashing the the same damn thing, uh, the same damn thing uh, that he that didn't work with the uh, with the with the Houston Rockets. And Brunson, uh, and the Knicks, you know, don't know which way is up. Uh, you know. Traded away, from my understanding, a bunch of draft capital to for for a player that for a player that essentially might get him into the playing game. Same old Knicks, same old Knicks that don't know their ass from their elbow. But what I wanted to discuss, uh, what I wanted to discuss, uh, what I wanted to discuss. Is the uh, is the couple of things with the NFL uh, that I want to get off my chest? Deshaun Watson, so uh, I all but two 
uh, women with the with the with the uh, with the lawsuits with the massage therapists. So he is trying to, you know, should have been done it. Should have uh, should have gotten this out of the way as early as he possibly could have. You know, but he wanted to fight and scratch and claw tooth and nail to clear his name. Well, now he's got no choice. He says, you know what, I'll say goodnight to a good 80 plus percent of these lawsuits settled all all but two. The league, he's met with the league all week this week. Um, uh, met with the league all, all week, all week, the, all of this week, this week uh, for possible suspension. You're hearing rumblings. Maybe it'll be six to eight games. Initially, you thought first he'll be suspended all of this season and it'll be indefinite. Who knows? All I got, all I gotta say is, uh, all I gotta say is that uh, his ass better be sitting down the entire season. That's all I gotta say. With all the with just the ruckus, the turmoil, and the negative attention that's been brought upon him, and the fact that he plays and represents the National Football League, you gotta pay for that. You gotta pay for that. So no less he should sit a year without without uh without 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 question. No less he's no less he's gotta he's gotta sit a year. Without you cannot sit up there and kick and scream me too, women's rights this that, and the other and be okay with Deshaun Watson being suspended for less than a season. Six to eight games not gonna by the way, again, in bed in bed, FanDuel, DraftKings, Caesar Sportsbooks Super Bowl going to be in Vegas. Draft was in Vegas. They got a team in Vegas. You suspend Calvin Ridley a year for gambling while he's out with dealing with the mental health issues. You suspend him a year. Deshaun Watson fooling around with and acting inappropriately with massage therapists gets six to eight games. I don't give a damn what the what the what the uh, what the uh, league players association threatens. You you sit his ass a full year. Show some damn guts, NFL. Quit playing. The news and the word of his suspension should be coming down the pipe without, uh, without, with uh, within a few uh, days or so. Rob Gronkowski retires again. Uh, not, not much to much people's surprise. You know, you had a feeling that within the first month that Brady announced his return in mid March, a few about a, three, a little more than three months ago, that you had a feeling that. Maybe Gronk would be out the door for good because you because it would you know it'd be the cliche, typical anticipated anticlimactic thing. Brady announces he's back, and then his buddy Gronk, uh, right behind him, announces he's back too. You didn't you never heard that? No official statement, no pictures or sighting of him and Gronk throwing together. You you you, you had no sense of that whatsoever. So you had it. So if you were able to connect the dots and quote-unquote read with the third eye you had a feeling that Rob Gronkowski was going to be out the door for good and it looks like that he is his agent his agent did uh did communicate that the possibility did present itself if uh when the crap hit the fan uh, if Brady needed him to come back mid-season with the Bucks for a playoff push or to put them over the top to to win yet another Super Bowl that the opportunity would present itself for Gronk to come back we shall see I think Gronk is finished. Me personally, I think the second time will be will be will be the finale. I think I think uh, you know I, he's he's a, he's an old 33, 34 year old player. Throws his body around. 
He's a he's an old fashioned tight end. He blocks. He knows how to play. He plays the nitty gritty, uh, meat and potatoes, dirty work that comes with the position, and plays the sexy, uh, glamorous part of the position of of being a pass catcher and and and, and scoring touchdowns left and right and the dances and everything else. He does that phenomenally well too, as well. So, but I, I just have the anticipation to have the feeling that this will be it for Rob Gronkowski. I just, I, I, I understand it possible. It wouldn't shock me if he came back, but I just got a feeling that, that this is going to be it for him. You know, I, I, he may not want to go through with training camp and uh, and playing the and playing uh, September and October football. So you can, so so if you were to say, listen, he they, this is just an angle for him not for him to get out of training camp and have not have to deal with going through and starting up a new season and getting his body back into shape and that in that not into shape but into but into game shape, you know, with that long tedious process, you know, all through you know late June, all through July, all through August season, start September, October, you know, so I get that. But uh, I so so if you use that as that argument, I wouldn't you know call you crazy. But I just think he's finished. You know he's won a super. He he came back, played with the Buccaneers, won a Super Bowl with Brady in another place. Uh, he is an immortal, uh, not just within the sport, but with but with the Bucks and the Patriots organizations respectively. I just and he's a big personality. Those commercials, he's got the. He has that persona of uh, what he has that persona of the likes of Dwayne the Rock Johnson, you know he had where he can be in movies and commercials just any WWE if if that's his uh, forte, you know he 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 doesn't need football. He's made his impact on the game. The game has probably also made his impact on the. He doesn't need to come back. Doesn't he? I'm pretty sure if he wanted to, he could. But he doesn't need to. And I think the second time, I think, you know, I think it's best the second time around that he stays retired. Last thing we want to see is 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 him getting caught is his career ending with him being carted off in a stretcher, not being able to move. And for every NFL player really that that either stays either stays at the party too long or whatever. You don't want to see their career end on somebody else's terms. You want to be able to 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 get up to to scoot to to push back from the table, step away, and say I'm full. I've had enough. Rather than rather than the sport telling you you're telling you're done saying you're done for you, or another player, so to speak. Uh, Chase Claypool, I don't know what drugs, uh, Chase Claypool takes that has him speaking such blasphemy and speaking and having the nerve, the temerity, the chutzpah and the unmitigated goal to sit up here and say he's a top three wide receiver in football, but he needs his head examined and donated to science and needs to be drug tested immediately. He is not a patch on Keenan Allen. Justin Jefferson, Jamar Chase, Stephon Diggs, Devontae Adams, Mike Evans, Cooper Cups is ass. Ass. Top three wide receivers in football without even thinking about it is Devontae Adams, Cooper Cup, and you take a stab at who's number three. Regardless who you pick, whether it's Jefferson, 
Chase, Diggs, Evans, Allen, whoever you take, ain't a patch on either of those players' ass. Not a top, not not a chance, and hell never has been, and quite frankly, in my honest opinion, never will be one of the, the top three great top three best wide receivers in the sport. So whatever drugs he took that had him spewing such blasphemy, boy, they they must be a hell of a drug then, because not not now, not then, not ever will he be a top three wide receiver in the National Football League. He 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 will he will not. I'm sorry, he will not. And the 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 confident the confidence is great if you're a Steeler fan. But let's call it like we see it. Chase Claypool, not a patch. Not a patch on any on any top wide receivers' ass. Top three on the wide receiver depth chart for the Steelers, yes. But in the league, not a chance. Not a chance in hell. As I'm getting text messages while I'm in the middle of a recording, which I do not like. Not a, not a patch on any top wide receiver's ass. Why he even said that, I have absolutely no idea. Uh, Terry McLaurin got his brand new contract. What's the positive for him for him to get his money? Um and and he deserves it because, you know, he he doesn't get talked about a lot. He not Claypool ain't even as good ain't no knock on Terry McLaurin. He ain't he ain't no Terry McLaurin no neither. But he gets his money. He a very underrated wide receiver because of the team that he plays for and the toxicity of the franchise and the team that he plays for. On top of the fact that you know that you know Devontae Adams, at least prior to this upcoming season, Aaron Rodgers is quarterback. Keenan Allen has Herbert. Uh, honest, uh, Kirk Cousins is Kirk Cousins, but Justin Jefferson's a stud. Chase has Joe Burrow. Uh, the, Mike Mike Evans has Tom Brady. Tyree Kill prior to this season had Patrick Mahomes. So, you know, you go down the list more times than not the top wide receivers in the sport. Metcalf prior to this upcoming season, Russell Wilson. You look at more times than not the top wide receivers in the sport all have top 10, top 15, top 10 quarterbacks that throw to them. Uh, Terry McLaurin does not have that. Had Alex Smith, had Ryan Fitzpatrick, Taylor Heineke, uh, Dwayne Haskins, God rest his soul, and he still finds a way to put up top-tier numbers at the wide receiver position. Big ups to him for him getting his bread. Uh, and then, of course, he had two big-time deaths in the Raven family. Ferguson, the linebacker, drug overdose. What the hell is a, wide, is a linebacker, defensive player in the National Football League who plays for the Baltimore Ravens? Making money, hand over. What the hell is he doing, fooling around in in the abyss and in the ghetto streets of Baltimore, Maryland? I have absolutely no idea. It's it's a similar situation, not exactly the same, but a similar situation to Sean Taylor. You know, I understand. You know, wanting to not think that you're better than anybody else. I understand you want to still have that element of being an everyman or or having that element of being personable to the people in and around the community that you're from and live with. But at the end of the day, you got you got to make executive decisions. And 
and and you and you kind of have to grow up and, and and look and look at situations and look at environments with an adult lens. You know, does it really suit you, a millionaire professional athlete, still living, still living with with still living in an environment around drugs, violence, gang violence specifically? I mean, does in the get in the ghetto streets? Does it serve you? Does it serve you? And does it serve your family well? I understand you may be tight with some of those guys, but if you're tight with them, you don't have to lose contact with them. You don't have to lose the phone number. You don't have to unfollow them on social media. You don't have to do any of that. But here's what's changing. You guys want to hang out. You guys come to my neighborhood. You come to my crib. The days of me coming to you guys is over with. I'm, uh, all due respect, I've, 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 I'm past it now. We're in, two, we're in separate tax brackets. We want to hang out. We hang out at the uppity spots that 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 I associate myself with, but unfortunately, one the case left behind, left behind a uh, left behind his wife, fiance, whatever, and his children. Very, very, very sad story. Story, um, and then of course Tony Saragusa, the great defensive lineman for the formerly of the two thousand Ravens, dying in his sleep. Which also was a sad story. One of the most charismatic players in the National Football League uh, within the last 20, 25 years or so. You know, when you, when you talk about the game's great characters, you know, you think T.O., you think Chad Johnson, you think, uh, you know, you think Randy Moss, you think Cam, you think Gronk, of course, who we previously discussed, who, who recently retired. He he at least at least within the modern fans' eyes does not get in the modern media's eyes does not get talked a lot and talked about as as one of the game's greatest most entertaining personalities that have played the sport. They don't they don't they, they he doesn't for whatever the reason he did not now the older football fan yes the the Raven fan yes but you know when you you hear Gronk T O Chad Johnson, and then it's everybody else. Tony Saragusa's name doesn't get thrown. Doesn't get thrown to. Does not get thrown into that equation a whole hell of a lot, which is crazy because Tony Saragusa was a hell, not a Hall of Famer, but a hell of a football player, Super Bowl champion, and he was as much of a and he was as much of a interesting and entertaining soundbite as as T.O. Chad Johnson or anybody you can think of was. In the in during their during their playing day, during their respective playing days, but uh, but unfortunate and Ferguson the linebacker, you know, it's sad, very very sad. feel feel bad for his family and his, and his children especially, feel for him. Got You cannot be. I understand. I understand. It may not. The conversation may not. Uh, may not. Fit. May not go down well. I understand that it may come down as awkward that they may say, oh, nigga, you changed. Oh, nigga, you think you're better than you. I understand that going down, it won't feel right. But the but what's on the other side and and the outcome will be worth it. It ain't worth it. Fooling around ghetto streets of Baltimore laced with drugs and crime and and, 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 and people that are up to no good. Because you're trying to give off an image that you haven't changed or you're still that same guy. I mean, no. 
some elements in your life and it doesn't make you white and it doesn't make you a a trader or a sellout. It makes you a a mature, responsible individual. When you have, when you have promise in your life, when you have, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Uh, um, potential or you have already experienced or you have areas in your life where you've experienced fruits of your labor or you have a upstanding or you have a good paying job and 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 a and a and a um and a, and a good and a good lifestyle you have you have a better lifestyle than you, than you used to have with great power comes great responsibility can't be fooling around the ghetto streets of Baltimore with drugs and all that sort of foolishness. You, you just cannot do it. Can't, you, I, I don't condone drug use, but it's just it's a, it, it's a, it's it's just a, it's a it's just a bad look. You gotta you gotta rise above the poverty. You can't be a millionaire professional athlete living living in a state in a mind of poverty and living in a state of despair disruption and confusion and turmoil you gotta rise above it and mature past that and you and it's unfortunate that that it that ferguson couldn't learn that lesson while he was alive it ended up costing him his life uh that's where you stand with the national football league we'll take a break UCLA, USC to close out the show to the Big Ten. I'm Telekatia's podcast. We welcome you back to the I'm Telekatia's podcast. Um, you, news also broke. It's a big time uh, news day in sports with KD requesting a trade, NBA free agency stuff going on, and and uh, and and. But I think I believe I was working the majority of the day today. Um, I was working the majority of the day today, so I may not. So if this is not entirely, if my timeline is off, I do apologize. But one of the first quote unquote shoes to drop when it came to the sports uh, sports world blowing up uh, was the was that it was announced that USC and uh, UCLA come 2024 are slated to join uh, the Big Ten. Uh, with the uh, with, uh, with is slated to join the Big Ten and collegiate sports division one uh, A and the NCAA. Um, here's my th- uh, thoughts on that. One, it shows that college b- football is in some deep trouble because it's going to be it's going to be the powerhouses and then everybody else. That's the first thing. Uh, you know, the Pac-12s and the Big 12s and the Mountain West conferences and conferences like the, you know, and the um, and the and the AAC conferences, they, they they might as well close up shop and say goodnight, because because it, it's be it's becoming too power, it's becoming too do, the 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 haves and a half the margin between the haves and the have nots is so exponentially big. The the difference in money is be is becoming way too is becoming way too exponentially different and 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 it's just it's not good for the sport of college uh, football specifically college basketball a little different you know uh the the, the st peter's uh peacocks made the ncaa tournament went on a cinderella run 
68 teams make the NCAA tournament a little different. The other the big time cash cow outside of college basketball, as we all know, is college football, and that is a minute, small club, four teams. More times than not, you know, a Big Ten or an SEC school, and there's your and there's your uh, college football Final Four, which is not good for the sport either. So, you know, it's, it's some I don't know what's got to change. Who has to do what? But it you're. But it's it's gonna be it's gonna end up looking a lot like baseball pretty shortly when it comes to college football. You're gonna have the teams that you know every single year gonna have a chance. You know the 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 Yankees, the Yankees and Dodgers of the sport, which is the Alabama and your Georgias, and then it's a couple teams here and there depending on the recruiting class and the coach and and the period and time of the of the of the respective program you know Clemson teams like that schools like that and then it's everybody else who's inferior who's who's down beneath at the bottom of the total bowl but both of the two schools will survive um if if UCLA and USC football uh football players got to uh Toughen out the cold up at a uh, Michigan Stadium in Ann Arbor, or got to play the Spartans in uh, East Lansing, or the Buckeyes in Columbus on a, on a brisk November uh, afternoon or evening. They'll live, especially those that got NFL aspirations. They might as well get used to and if, and the West Coast kids or California kids might as well get used to playing in the cold if they want to play in the National Football League. <clears throat> you know the Chicago Bears, Green Bay Packers, New England Patriots, Buffalo Bills, Baltimore Ravens, Pittsburgh Steelers, Cleveland Browns, Philadelphia Eagles, New York Giants, New York Jets. You know those teams playing. Those teams play outdoors in places where it gets where where the temperature drops significantly after Halloween. So if you want if you want to play in the NFL, those players that are going to USC out there with Lincoln Riley and UCLA, you best get used to playing in the cold, especially though the 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 cold temperatures of the Midwest, playing Michigan, Michigan State, Ohio State, so on and so forth. Iowa, you know, get used to it. Get used to it, and in turn, and in turn, I guarantee you, the uh, the Ohio State, uh, the Ohio State, Michigan, Michigan State, Iowa uh, players, and, and you know Maryland, Rutgers. I'm pretty sure they will enjoy, you know, that 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 one two trip a year flying out west. You know, getting away from the cold for a weekend. Or getting away from the cold for a weekend, or the brisk fall temperatures for a weekend to go play USC UCLA out west. I'm pretty sure they'll also enjoy that in turn as well. So again, give like I mentioned with Freddie Freeman, it's a give and a take. But and but also if you see USC and UCLA, the amount of exposure you're going to get. A, you're not going to be playing your you're not going to be playing your football games at uh, at at nine thirty ten o'clock ten thirty at night when the when the rest of the country has had their fair share of college football for the day and is either and has gone to church or excuse me going to sleep to, so they can get up and go to church or going to sleep so they can prepare themselves to watch eleven and a half twelve hours worth of football NFL football the following day on Sunday and also and also you know. At least in the month of October, staying up till two o'clock in the morning watching uh, watching Dodgers Braves in the NL, in the NLCS on TNT. 
TNT T on uh, TBS. Or well, the well they have the well the NL playoffs will be on Fox this year on FS1 for a better example. So you get more exposure, you know the 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 ten people out there that subscribe that have the uh, the Pac-12 network in their cable subscription compared to the Big Ten network, which more people have, more people watch because it's a bigger conference, more well-known mainstream, not to say that those schools aren't mainstream per se, but you get the idea, more exposure. Big Ten network owned by Fox Sports. More people have it, more people watch it, more exposure. More exposure. I understand the history with the Pac-12 and Oregon, I get that, but but you know those but it got to a point where those schools were were especially with football college basketball you can even argue a little bit it's a similar similar uh you can argue a similar point got to a point where they were where those two schools were were the two enormous fish in that small pond they get out that small pond and go to the bigger pond with the big 10 again with more exposure with the better league network, and you're going to have your games on, and you're going to have your games in in in, in the in the quote unquote primetime hours of college football at noon, at noon, three o'clock, eight o'clock Eastern time on on the likes of ESPN and uh, Fox, and maybe CBS if CBS still wants to have a big time college football contract when their deal with the SEC runs out at the end of the either the 23 season or the 24 season. But the point is the C, the SEC on CBS is, you know, the days of Gary Danielson parading Tuscaloosa, Baton Rouge and uh 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 Gainesville and Athens Gainesville, Florida and Athens, Georgia is is about to come to a close. And if CBS has they just signed their deals with the NFL so they don't have to worry about negotiating that. Uh, you know, for the for for the foreseeable future. But if CBS wants to have, uh, wants to, wants to get into the Big Ten game as well, you also got CBS, which is a which, which prints money and guarantees viewership. You want? I tell you, here's what I gotta say: If you're a football league of any, if you're a foot, if you're a conference in the NCAA. And or football league, you USFL, AAF, XFL, you do yourself a tremendous favor doing putting you know making sure the CBS does your games because people will watch them. They'll promote the hell out of them. Good studio crew to cover it. Good broadcast crew. You'll you'll draw ratings. You'll draw some ratings. Now, the 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 NFL learned its lesson when they went without when they went when they went from ninety three to ninety seven. Without without C, without CBS in their uh, in their uh, in their rotation or in their collection of TV partners, they learned their lesson. NBC couldn't do the couldn't do the AFC package anymore. They ran right back to CBS, and ever since then, the NFL the NFL hasn't let CBS out of their sight. If anything, they've 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 they've, they've their their partnership with CBS has gotten better and it's gotten greater and more supreme as the as the years have gone on, not less. 
per example, CBS uh, paid a fortune. I think it might have been $50 million or thereabouts to guarantee that 430 Sunday wildcard game that they can simulcast on, on Nickelodeon. Which is why they got, which is why they got, um, which is why they got uh, 49ers and Cowboys, and uh, Fox got stuck with uh, the the snooze fest that was the Eagles and the Buccaneers. But you'll get more exposure uh, being a Big Ten team on having Gus Johnson do your games and Herb Street do your, and Herb Street and Fowler do your games on ESPN. And in turn, uh, having Gus Johnson and Joe Klatt do your games on Fox, then you will have your game stuck at 3 o'clock in the morning on the Pac-12 network on FS1 somewhere. So, you know, the traditionalists, Mike and the OCs of the world, don't like it. But I, as someone I as someone that has pretty much accepted that college football is a... Is a, is a is a cesspool that is that is imperfect and has many of flaws to begin with anyway, you know, what the hell? The more the merrier. Might, might as well just get rid of all the conferences, make two big have two big super conferences and have and have it be super conference A and super conference B and then have them duke it out for an eight team for for a four to eight team college football playoff. I'm I'm at, I'm at, I'm at that point. I'm at that point. In a perfect world, you like all the conferences to be in the the regional conferences, ACC, SEC. Uh, You'd love that, but it's getting to the point where at least in college football, you're just better off having two conferences or or have no conferences, have, have the NCAA create everybody's schedule everybody's schedule that everybody plays each other you have no conference you have no conference uh no conference championship and you do it like what baseball did where it's section a, where it's uh, where it's section a here section b there so i guess in theory you would be creating a conference or or have it where the top 8 teams standings wise head to head you know you create your conf- you create your your uh, your cfp in th- in that regard but I do not have a problem with the big t- with U- with UCLA and USC joining the Big Ten. I don't. Th- those two schools would be better off for, especially USC, who is on the brink of coming back with Lincoln Riley at the helm. Haven't you know? USC football hadn't been relevant since the days of Pete Carroll. And that was a long ass time ago. But anyway, that's where I stand on it. And another episode of the Yum podcast is in the books. If you like what you heard, please do not hesitate to subscribe. Follow your boy on Twitter and Instagram at the J Shield. Follow the show on Twitter at Amatel underscore it is the show on Instagram at Amatel underscore podcast. It is your boy Josh Shields. I will talk to you guys in the next episode. You guys stay safe and y'all take care. All the best. Peace and love. See ya.